you can't check your six. It's kind of like, you know, taking a screwdriver to a gunfight. What's happening? Just like old Tom, Tom. Welcome back to Steam and See It All. This is episode 10, uh, The Patriot. Oh, it sucked. I'm Hans. You, start, you sound like you're starting to feel it. I am starting to feel it. Who are you both? I'm Aaron. I'm Zach. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so this one, I don't know. It it wore you down. I'm so actually, yeah. I'm, I'm starts right there with off you. with a, a humdinger quote from Seagal, which really just, oh, it hurt me. It, it pained me deeply. But then the whole rest of the movie is like, the, the theme of this movie is very, I don't want to say, it's not relevant. Well, I guess I mean, it's kind of relevant. It's, it's relevant. It, it is very, I guess it is relevant. I don't know. It, it's like it's probably the most relevant that, movie yet. Yeah, it's something that could actually happen. And it's frustrating because it's Seagal who's saving the day here. But Seagal today is best friends with Vladimir Putin. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, but see, this isn't even the first time this has happened. This, spoiler alert... Has happened, will happen again, happens here right now. That very often I find myself, at least, and it sounds like you're in a similar situation, I find myself feeling like I agree with the cause. Like, Seagal is definitely (laughs) in, like, the politics of the real world and the politics of his movie. Like, more of the good guy, I'm, like, more agreeing with him, but just the... It's one of those things, like, you know, heartbreaking, the worst guy you know makes a good point. (laughs) What? Yeah, but you have to you have to say you have to clarify though. When you say the politics of the real world, you mean specifically his views on environmentalism. Well, I mean his views on environmentalism. He's very clearly trying to like save the planet, but just through a very cigar way, which doesn't work here. Like this kind of way that biochemical weapons by the United States government could be taken over and used by bad actors, and like, hey, that's pretty messed up. Spoiler yeah, like, alert for the so. I, I've already seen the next movie, Exit Wounds. Mm-hmm. There's even, weirdly enough, politics in there that position him as yes. a person I could agree with, but again, through like a very Seagal way. So no, I do not mean Seagal's politics in the real world where he allies himself with dangerous dictators of other countries. No. I mean, like, the real world politics that he infuses, he's not writing the scripts on these. We we keep, like, attributing <laughs> this very much off war theory, like, to Seagal himself. <laughs> but the movies that characters he plays often the politics that go into them well if you look at like the, i keep the posters for these movies his head covers up 80 percent of the well screen. yes but i keep having this issue where i'm just like oh i don't uh damn it i kind of like agree with him but he's still doing it in a gross slimy way well yeah, yeah. so yeah so he's this a, isn't the time it happens he's a doctor in this one of course he has a cia background but we don't he's find not that just out a until... doctor he is the oh he is premier. i'm sorry he is the best, I think the line was, the best damn immunologist in the country. <laughs> when, when because, they of say, course, he has you... to be the best. And he, and, and he still has CIA background. We don't find that out until later, but he mm-hmm. does. Not just that, but when they say, well, why don't you call the second guy, they say, there is no there second is no... guy. <laughs> okay, no, I want to talk right. about that line when we get there, because it it broke me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it, it broke me. Okay. So, yeah, so he's a doctor in this one. He is, yeah, the best damn immunologist in the country. <laughs> uh, and the best damn immunologist in the country is driving his daughter to school. And his daughter is like doing her homework in the truck because she was up late doing something else the night before and didn't do her homework, whatever. And she like messes up as, she's dri- as he's driving because, 
you can't like write in the car. And he looks over at her and says, <laughs> just keep one thing in mind. When you get it wrong, that's the part where you take after your mother. When you get it right, you get it from me. Which and was it's just, just like... It's just the slimiest. And they, yeah. by the way, his wife, her mother, dead. Dead. In this one. Hey, remember your dead not mom? There. Everything yeah. you do wrong reminds me of her. Yeah, everything you do wrong reminds me of your dead mother. <laughs> like, like, even I, just being reminded she exists, like, brings his daughter to tears. Yeah, <laughs> and I, it's just like the slimiest, grossest, most disgusting line delivered by the slimiest, grossest, most disgusting human. And it just, it really rubbed me wrong, and I couldn't enjoy even the, the mid to high parts of the rest of this movie, because the entire time I'm thinking back to when he told his daughter that every time she does something wrong, it reminds him of his dead wife. So there's something I want to say about this movie that just hangs over the whole film. I think this movie is terribly written. Just wow, hot, spicy, hot. No, tape. like the, the direct-to-video <laughs> Steven Seagal movie with what turns out to be potentially just pseudonymed, maybe David Ayer, but pseudonymous writer is is terribly written. Like it's it's incredible to me how badly written this whole thing is. Of course, it would be distracting, but I was actually surprised at how distracted I was at how bad the writing is. You would think this far in, you would think we're kind of used to like the writing of a Seagal movie and like yeah. you're not, it's like you adjust your expectations. Yeah. Where if you go and expect a good movie, ooh, it's way below that. But you kind of have your expectations adjusted yeah. to how good a Seagal movie should be and then this one is just like fails to meet that bar. Yeah, like, okay, like off the mic, I've been talking about how um, I've not been watching other movies right now i just don't have like time in my life right now to be watching other movies it's so, like my bar is firmly set at steven seagal movies right now that you have watched 10 movies this year yeah and those 10 movies have been all starring yes all starring seagal. steven seagal likely produced by steven seagal yeah um and so my bar That's is like firmly plot. at steven seagal level and this one this movie hurt just I was not expecting just like fundamental film technique to be this bad in this movie. So this is jumping ahead. We should let Hans finish the recap. Yeah, finish. It's very finish weird it. because something I ended up noticing is that other technical elements were weirdly good. Okay, okay. Let's the talk about that The writing was worse eventually. than I expected, but a lot of the other components, the cinematography, the direction, better than I had my bar set for. So that's a little tease, but go ahead and finish the recap, Hans. So there's this guy, uh, Floyd, who is like, again, I can't, my, I'm, I'm lost for words. My brain's not working right now. I'm not a very elegant speaker in the first place, as I'm sure you know, but there's this, uh, leader of a bunch of rogue rednecks and Republicans who is sovereign citizens. (laughs) Let's call it what it is. Um, he's convinced them that, uh, yeah, Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another movie where the title leads you to think that Steven Seagal is the Patriot, but actually the Patriot in this one is the bad guy. Anyway, he, so we start off the movie, we meet him. He's under siege with the blood of Patriots. (laughs) Yeah. He's under siege by, um, that's, yeah, right. Ooh. In some real territory. (laughs) Yeah. And he's out for justice. (laughs) I think he may even be marked for death. (laughs) Um, He's under siege by the police. They've been in a standoff for days. They're just waiting for him to give up. Um, We meet him. He's giving a speech to all of these other sovereign citizens about how 
the founding fathers and the constitution is like this country's fading so far away from all of that and they should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want on their land and the <laughs> law doesn't apply to them again stuff that's eerily similar to the garbage that spews out of people's mouths today which just makes this all the more frustrating and i don't actually know why he was under siege by the police i didn't catch that i have it in my notes did they ever say I, what so he did like, wrong the only thing that we see him doing that is actually illegal before the attempted murder, which we're about to get, that's like the next thing that happens in the movie. Oh, yeah, that, we, we definitely get Yeah, they end up doing a lot of illegal they stuff. They do a lot of yeah. illegal stuff, but the only but thing that we that. see him do illegal before, you know, anything crazy goes down is that he shot, like, he saws the barrel off of a shotgun, which yeah. is illegal. But, that's, but he can do it because he's on his land and he can do whatever the hell he wants. Well, he videotaped land. it and then sent it to a judge. Okay, yeah, so, they, so they do say, I only know this because I pulled up the movie again. It, it, in the news coverage, like while the police are lining up outside his place, it does say it's a local militia group, uh, Floyd Chisholm, great name, a neo-Nazi with a history of radical confrontations with authorities who is currently wanted for multiple federal weapons violations. Okay, okay. So, All right. that, so I just missed that. They have like the newscast like statement, oh, okay. but that's, it's very much told not shown. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So I just missed that. That's on me. He, I missed it too. He injects him, or he has one of his cronies inject him with some crazy Ooh, virus that they Patriots. got. Yeah, one no. of his fellow Patriots. He has like an eyedropper and he puts it directly on his tongue. Oh, he does? And then they yeah. inject the... The NOM 37, lethal toxicity. Yeah. NAM, and they, they say NAM every single time and it drives me nuts. <laughs> they inoculate all the Patriots with the antidote or whatever you would call it so that they don't get this horrible disease that he just gave himself uh and then he gives himself up gets taken in gets taken to court uh spits on the judge whom he sent the tape of him sawing the barrel off his shotgun to uh and then he goes to jail then the judge gets sick and dies and then steven seagal comes in because he is the best damn immunologist in the country <laughs> And I love this scene. And he comes in and actually, well, I, you go ahead and tell it because I'm not sure which scene you're referring to. So he comes into the hospital and he's looking at this man lying on the bed, almost like on the verge of death. Like his face is melting off and he has like postules and he's sweating and there's like little bits of blood everywhere. And so Steven Seagal just comes over, no mask, no gloves, nothing, takes the oxygen mask off this guy, just starts like <laughs> touching <right>. his face. <laughs> <laughs> that's right and like examining and like getting his fingers in his mouth and like just <laughs> yep, and he that's... puts the ox oxygen mask back on doesn't scrub nothing yeah and the guy's just like sitting in an open hospital bed in like a hallway no it's okay because we saw him rub an ointment on another dude early in this movie so you know he's he's an expert you know he's a oh yeah so mm -hmm. steven seagal he plays he plays another native american this time around which we well, should stress. Okay. I was actually He's confused got about no this. no Native American blood. I was confused about this. Is he Native American or did he marry a Native American? Because Oh, that's actually a really good point. We don't actually see any of his blood relatives other than his daughter. Doesn't seem like he actually thinks he's Native American in this, but he definitely seems to think he knows more about being Native American than the people that he, his friends and relatives who are actually Native Americans. Like he well, explains Native Americanism to Native Americans. Well, no. So, okay, let's, let's get through this. We'll come back to okay, it. Okay. So, uh, the, he calls, I guess the CDC or equivalent of CDC, it doesn't matter. The government, they come in, they quarantine the whole town. And then um, the baddies find out that the serum they inject themselves with doesn't actually work. The virus is mutated, so they need to get, like, new stuff. 
It is worth pointing out for the plot because, again, just speaking of the the quality, the sheer quality of writing on display here, the we've alluded to this already, but I can't remember if it's the CDC or whatever, whatever government organization needs to like you know contain outbreaks in the world of this movie. The guy in charge of that calls him up and he's like, "Hey, we need a person to do like containment. I can't tell you what. I can't tell you what's happening, but we're gonna need someone to do containment." And he says he won't do it. And very conveniently, this thing that was stolen that he's going to need containment for happens to then be used by these people, like, in his town. Like, there is no <laughs> actual reason that leads to that happening. <laughs> Just that he, that the guy knows that this thing has been stolen, the NAS-37, the NAM-37. He knows it's been stolen. He calls Stephen Skull because he's the best person. And then, by sheer luck, the outbreak happens where right Seagal has now retired as a small town, like, family doctor. Of course. Yeah. So I, I, I just feel like I was like losing my mind at that because I feel like it needs to be pointed out. Yeah, no, you're right. So the baddies find out that their their serum doesn't actually work, the virus mutated, so they have to go get like new serum. So then they get their guns and they go and on a murderous rampage through the town for to try no and get to the hospital. Reason. For no reason. For, <laughs> for absolutely no reason at all. So they get to the hospital so they can get the new serum that they actually find out is exactly the same as the stuff they have. So they're all dying. Everybody's dying. They don't know how to fix it. Uh, oh, God. Jeez, this goes on. Uh, it, it's very funny out. because then literally the rest of the movie is every single character wanting the same thing and people still being like violent to each other over yep. it the entire time. Yep. Like yeah. they still continue to like indiscriminately murder and hold this hospital hostage, even though they're all trying to work towards a cure. Like nobody yeah. even wants anything different at this point. No. Yep. It's just, oh, it just gets rough. So then they find out, they take blood samples. The baddies are going through all the, oh, yeah, they invade. There was like military there because they had quarantined the whole town. The military guys, they wait and they, you know, they hear firing out in the street, hear gunfire on the street, but they wait until people rush into the room to spin around with their guns held in hand and then they're shot dead. Like, they're not ready for it. It's Anyway, um, so the... Uh, what was it? Oh, they're looking through blood samples to see if anybody had, like, a better reaction to the serum or whatever. They find out that Seagal's daughter, the one who reminds, her, reminds him so much of his dead wife when she does things wrong, <laughs> she uh, apparently She's was... Immune. She was immune. Yeah, she was able... Like, she was infected but then her body was able to fight it off so they need to get her blood so she runs away Seagal in the like the weirdest action sequence that was like the, the whole movie moves so slow and then this action sequence moves so quick it's really strange and yeah. the weirdest action like they sequence, want to get Seagal, it over and done with yeah finds his daughter and then they escape the hospital by jumping through a window it's like crazy fast it's really weird and then they drive home. Well, actually, no, they don't drive home. They get picked up by their, like, friend, co-worker that works on their farm. I don't know, Frank. Who, by the way, my favorite character in this entire oh, movie. Oh, Frank's great. I like <laughs> Frank was awesome. My second favorite character, maybe. Uh, Frank, then, it just so conveniently is, like, waiting for them and gets them, <laughs> picks them up in his Jeep and they drive back to their Yeah, house. he was, like, waiting right outside the window that they happened to jump through. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Which I Ridiculous. again, I feel like it's very worth pointing out. Um, when Seagal grabs his daughter, he like puts this blanket over her, <laughs> yes. and it's funny because like I very clearly so hard. a person is jumping with like a mannequin covered in a blanket through the window, <laughs> and then he takes the blanket off her immediately. Yeah. It's like they didn't have a child sized mannequin that looks like her or something like I. <laughs> So, so they get back to their house. They're trying to load up. They need to go visit Grandpa. They don't explain it. 
uh, we find out later. So they're trying to get loaded up to go visit Grandpa, and uh, the baddies come to their house, and Frank freaking takes them all out. Like a boss. Mm-hmm. Blows up their truck, and then he does this little dance in the middle of the road, which is also <laughs> hysterical and would have been great, but one of the baddies was okay, like semi-conscious part- and then shot him straight through the chest, and it was Okay, awful. but again, that's why Frank is the best. Because he literally, like, outclasses the supposedly, like, CIA background, like, trained, like, you know, immunologist <laughs> slash, like, kung fu, you know, Aikido expert. Mm-hmm. Like, he just completely takes out an entire right-wing militia on his own. And then yeah. he's just doing a little jig in the middle a little of the street, jig in the and that's how he dies. It's like yeah, a Greek myth. Because, uh, okay, downfall. because he so does mad. the one thing that Seagal never does in any of these movies, and that's show an emotion. I <laughs> said no, 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 no! Can't have that. No, can't, you can't have that. No, You're overshadowing no. him, so you have to die. Yeah. Uh, I was really bummed about that. So Seagal takes off with his daughter. They go to visit Grandpa. Grandpa is a uh, Native American who has like herbal remedies to different illnesses and stuff. And they meet Anne. Anne, who is just there with grandpa and they don't explain who Anne is or yes, why she's there. Yes, they do. You have to do like do? really pay attention. Okay, I completely missed it. Please tell me who Anne Conveniently. is. Because the daughter says, is Anne going to be? When they say we're going to go visit grandpa, the daughter goes, is Anne going to be there? And so, Steven Seagal goes, maybe. And, and then they is, don't say anything else about it. And it is Dr. Anne Whitecloud who is my favorite character in the film. Yeah. So Anne... Are you, like, is. upset? Like, you didn't want to agree with that? You're like, uh, yeah. Okay, Zach. <laughs> Well, so, I was like, this was real sus to me, because <laughs> there seems to be, when they first meet, I'm like, oh, this is, she's very attractive and significantly younger than uh, Seagal, but also an adult woman, so this is going to be, like, the love interest, right? But then I start talking about who she is, and she's his sister-in-law or niece, like, it's... Family somehow. Family somehow. Okay. I missed that. I they I didn't hear anybody explain. I just heard the daughter say, is Anne going to be there? And he says, maybe. And then she's there. And we're just supposed to Because know grandpa is also her grandpa. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That See, makes sense. The part that had me confused is how she's Dr. Anne White Cloud. Dr. White Cloud and But when they see her, when they go in person, he's just like, are you still working on that thesis? Or, or it's like, oh, you're taking a break from school? And she's like, yeah, the thesis is Oh, so she's not a doctor yet? I don't yeah. know. But, like, she's credited as the doctor. He introduces yeah. her later on to other characters as a doctor. She appears to you're have right. her credentials to be a, um, I assume, an MD, but yeah. is still in school working on the thesis. I, I'm not going to say I have a medical degree, but I don't think that's how it works. Um, so I was confused by that along with being a bit confused by her familiar relations until I think I sussed it out in the same way yeah Yeah. so they say uh, out of nowhere all of a sudden we we were revealed to uh, Steven Seagal's CIA history where he just knows there's some lab hidden in the hills a DARPA lab yeah he has to get there Um, and Anne says I'll come along and he's like sure so they go find this lab with some soldiers who are also dying from this same illness. Uh, and he figures out, has trying to figure out a cure. And a whole bunch of them die because he doesn't figure it out. And they finally figure out that it's... It's worth pointing out, not just that he knows where the lab is, he used to work there. Like his yeah, oh, yeah. He, he used to work like there. He used to work there. Cures. He still has to make a fake ID to get in. But he did. Yeah, he so, that but that's weird. Too. Was he it a fake ID? Fake orders. It was. It was a fake ID. He printed so it out. Funny. Like in his so own picture. 
he prints it out on just a regular inkjet printer, which is very funny. Like, he doesn't even have, like, the kind of, yeah. like, the card that, like, a college student making fake yeah. IDs has. Like, you know, that machine. But, like, the... Was it a fake or did he just, like, make himself a new ID? Well, so, like, I, well, I think I think it was a fake, fake because was... if you're looking at the computer screen when he's making it, he has, like, the logos for a bunch of different government organizations. Mm, he's <laughs> like, just dragging and dropping the ones that he needs. Yes. So he can make he can make a NASA ID... He can make an FBI ID. It's just absurd. That's fair. But see, I like so, the part when he's like not wearing glasses throughout the whole movie. He puts the glasses on to do the computer stuff, takes them off to like do the webcam <laughs> photo, and then puts them back on, but then doesn't wear them after that scene. Like, I don't know what this guy's prescription is, but his, like, I think legitimately they're just like his idea of a smart person is someone who like puts on and off glasses, but he didn't like want to commit to that for the whole movie. So they just did it no. in the scene. As someone who wears Gotta glasses, s- I'm offended. Got to sell the ruse to get into your mm-hmm. prior place of work. So they, uh, every, a whole bunch of them die, and he's trying to figure out the stuff, and uh, Anne starts making tea, and the one, the last guy, starts to get better, and it's not because of anything Seagal did, it's because of the tea, the herbal remedies that their grandfather taught them. Made out so of wildflowers. Like, yeah, made out of wildflowers, so it's the flowers. So he like had, talks to the military and says, it's the flowers. We got to get everybody the flowers, whatever. So the military starts gathering up flowers. He and his daughter go back to town. But when they get back to their house, they're ambushed, captured by the dudes. So they get brought back to Floyd, who this whole time, Floyd is like tr- is begging people to help him. You know, you got to help me fix this. You got to help me feel better. And at one point, Floyd says to one of his cronies, I need another shot. And it's the shot that doesn't do anything. But he says, I need another shot because I can't do this if I'm six feet under in a box. So, like, I need another shot. But when he says he can't do this, he's done literally nothing this entire movie mm-hmm. except inspire all of these idiots. Because he even has, he even has one of his, like, white, you know, neo white nationalist, neo Nazi, like, friends that, like, seems to have medical knowledge. And yeah, like, he's, yeah. like, an actual explained. scientist or something. Like, yeah. He's, like, running experiments. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he, done guy, literally nothing the entire time. Like, he has, he wasn't even the one office. doing any of the shooting. He's done literally nothing. He's, but I can't do this without another shot. Ugh. Anyway, the they get brought back to him. Seagal and Floyd have a one-on-one. Seagal kills Floyd in like the best way possible. Outstanding. Only piece of this movie where I was like, oh yeah. Ooh. Um They take well, out all just, the other cronies. Well, are and you then... just gonna leave the people hanging, Hans? <laughs> you said this is my best part of the movie, and then you, you gave no other details. It's, I see that's the problem though. It's the best part of the movie, and yet it's not actually that interesting. <laughs> he just like show breaks the bulb off a wine glass okay, and yeah, stabs so him with it. Yeah, they're having wine, and Seagal breaks the head off of, or the cup part of the wine glass out, and then stabs him with the stem of the wine glass. But it's like through the through his skull. Yeah, it's really weird because he breaks the head. You assume he's going to stab him in the neck, but he does like the temple. It's very yeah, yeah. Also, he like takes he picks up a full glass of wine, and then it's empty in time for him to break it and stab the guy. (laughs) Yeah, and it was they specifically say that it's Merlot, and that bothered me. But anyway, that's what bothered you. So, because then I just started thinking about Bottle Shock. I'm like, ah, that's I should watch a different movie now. <laughs> so, so he tells the government it's the flowers. So they start collecting flowers, and then they just airdrop flowers from the sky and yes. blare over speakers, saying like, "The flowers will heal you. Go home and bake and make them into a tea and drink it, and you'll all be." saved and it's i don't know the whole it's so it's not even convoluted it's just a lot of different pieces to tell the story and i i didn't like it yeah so like okay here here's a question we are now 10 movies in 
And before yeah. we get into like what we really thought of this movie specifically, how's everyone doing? Oh, it's rough, man. Oh, it's so rough. You like, know when you have up? an idea hypothetically, like along the lines of like, hey, what if we like watch every Steven Seagal, like literally spend a year of our lives, <laughs> spend a 28th of my life watching yeah. Seagal movies, and you're like, oh, that doesn't sound fun, but that's kind of a funny idea. And then inevitably you get to a point in this idea, like of actually doing the thing, and you're like, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, the, I honestly We're very it's... firmly in that territory. At some point, I know it's gonna. It's like you know, a, a wave. At some point, that crest. And yeah, like, oh, actually, it's fun again. I bought in. It's gonna be rough getting to that point. No, I was. I was. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I honestly, I yeah. feel worse for Aaron because I know Zach and I have had the opportunity to go see many uh, interesting and actually good films outside of this and. It sounds like you've watched 10 movies this year and they've all been sick. Yes. Yeah, no, like I said before, the one good thing from this is it's just making me watch more movies because I'm watching more things to balance it out. So I've already watched like more movies this year than I have last year, I think, at this point. Yeah. Well, I actually yeah, we had... watched Cocaine Bear this weekend. <laughs> it was, um, I'll just, I'm, I might as well just read my letterbox review because it's pretty short. For a movie called Cocaine Bear, I expected more of a co- more of a bear doing cocaine there really wasn't a whole lot of it in there oh well that's disappointing but i was and, as i was thank you this 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 Patriot. has been taking you to the bank the elizabeth banks fan cast where we talk about movies directed by elizabeth banks next week make sure you join us for pitch perfect 2 all Ooh. right that'll be, that's a wrap everyone um i wish uh but uh no as i was watching the patriot i was just sitting in my chair and i got maybe like two-thirds of the way through and i just was so tired yeah, <laughs> and I just thought, do I? Can I fake I, it on the podcast? Like, okay, okay. I do need to be fully honest with with you. I have not done it. I have very much considered just like reading a Wikipedia synopsis and trying to like fake my way through one of these episodes because I did not feel like watching the movie, especially when it is like day of, and I know I'm like I need to watch this on my lunch break today, like. I have been so tempted. I've kept myself honest so far, but I'm a weak man, and I stay don't strong. Know if... Stay strong. So stay that's strong. like we got to pull the um, this past year's till death do us blart. They had one of their somebody that's outside right. of the podcast pick one of them at random that's right. to not watch that movie, and instead watch Here Comes the Boom. <laughs> we, we need to get somebody in our crew to pick one of us to not watch the movie and try to fake it. Oh, I, I think yeah, or I think even like we each get one. I think at some point, like we need, like it's an abundance oh. situation, and you don't know, like, so we and each we, it's try like a game. It for one movie, and so you're trying to figure out what each person's want. So, like at any point, you'd be like, actually, you know what? I think this is. So it's like each person gets one, and then also each of us gets like three guesses per person or something. I don't know the exact game balance. We you know figure it Interesting. out. Interesting, but maybe I like, like and then once I've used all my guesses, I'm I can't guess you anymore. I can't accuse you. See that that might actually be very helpful. It might be like a good a good safety because it, it's rough right now. It's so rough. I, I was gonna say though the one thing I think that needs to be said is just I would feel very silly. I mean, I I would feel silly telling a person I've watched every Steven Seagal movie. I would somehow feel more silly telling someone I've watched all but one Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> So I think even if we do this, I would then need to like yeah, I have get to watch caught it up. Like I would point. still need to watch yeah. it at some point because I can't just say, "Oh, I watched everything except I, I didn't watch, you know, a good man." Like, <laughs> no, I'm just like right now, it's so rough because these are not like this is this is as his career is going downhill from his peak, which was not really that high of a peak anyway, no. and we're not to the stuff that is like 
so bad that it's good. It's not, we're not there yet. We're mm-hmm. just to the stuff that's just starting to go direct to video, and they're just plain bad. It was, I, I will yeah. say, this oh, one was rough for me. See, yeah. I will say, I, I was feeling worse right after Glimmerman and Fire Down Below. Those ones have me a bit worse. I think, I don't I know. I did fine. Patriot, I'm slightly warmer on. This was actually, this Still was, great, but. apparently, so I'm discovering something about the way that I consume movies and stuff. Writing really matters to me a lot, apparently. Yeah. That, that's fair. That's apparently, fair. That's, I've discovered about myself watching this movie that that's probably like the most important thing to me in a film is the writing. Mm, um because i mean like you alluded to as as we started this conversation like a lot of the other stuff is fine like i would say the editing is really jank but like cinematography is fine like again this is a recurring theme but some i did from the you know limited research that we do like scrolling through imdb and wikipedia before each of these uh recordings again this suffers the same weird post like indecisiveness editing and re-editing I guess there were at one point more action scenes. Oh, you can feel it. You I actually thought there are like a surprisingly few number of action scenes in this. Movie. Okay. See, okay. So that's, we can like kind of pivot and transition to that. It's, I actually wouldn't be surprised. I think that might be the reason this was his first director video. Yeah. It's because not a very action, action star movie. and there weren't many action scenes because I think like there are some movies where they put all the good stuff in the trailer. Like I, but I think if you made a trailer for this movie and included all of the action scenes, every minute of Seagal doing like violence to another person, it would be like a 27 second long trailer. Yeah. So I like legitimately think they're like, we just don't like they made it. And then like, we, can't yeah. even market this to like even like the Seagal crowd. Well, There's one you know, explosion in this movie and Seagal doesn't cause it. And like you said, when he finally does an action scene, it's over so quick. Yeah. It's like they're like trying to get it out of the way. So yeah. I just don't think they knew how to market this and that's why it was direct to video. Hmm. That's quite possible. That very well could be. It's a good thought. That's my conspiracy theory. Is this also the first Seagal movie based on a book? Like this is an adaptation of a book. It is? Yeah, this is well. Yeah, it's an because it, I thought that was funny that it's called the Patriot and it's based on a novel called The Last Canadian. Yeah, huh? So there are three writers enough? credited on this movie. One of them is the author of the book on which this movie is based. Okay, and also, so this this is another funny thing to get into. From what I've, again, this is just stuff that I've read online. I don't have personal knowledge on this. Um, it appears as though potentially the other writers. Um, might be pseudonyms. Those might not actually be real people. Well, that makes sense because both of them only have one writing credit, and it's this. It appears as though what I'm seeing is that David Ayer, who I said earlier, David Ayer, who worked on The Suicide Squad, and he actually has some movies that he recognized. I'd have to look at this real quick. But um, Fury, End of Watch, Training Day. And okay. the first Fast and the Fury is interesting. Oh, okay. Um, but... Did not, not my favorite movies, but like competent actual name to this. <laughs> and then Paul Moans, who worked on Cagney and Lacey. Oh, interesting. Um, nothing as big as David Ayer, but mm-hmm. mostly seems to write for TV. Okay. But again, did not want his name attached to this. But it doesn't appear as though they wrote the movie together. It seems like they both produced drafts of the screenplay separately. And like they were asynchronous writers. Okay. And then neither one wanted their name attached to it. Yeah, because like so it's a very weird writing situation. Yeah, I mean, I did a, like a really quick look into the writers. One of them is the author of the book, and the other two only have one writing credit. Oh, it actually it, it actually looks like early promotional material credited David Ayer as one of the screenwriters. So oh. at some point, like they started promoting the movie with Ayer, 
And at some point between that and release, he did not want to say one. No. I wonder why. I cannot imagine. My problem with this movie was it was just so thoroughly boring. I, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Like, I have this is probably the movie about which I have the fewest notes. Interesting. So his what accent are, are, sucked. Okay, his accent sucks, but in a different way than usual. <laughs> yeah. So something that we haven't really touched on. This is kind of a western. Yeah, like there's horse riding and the opening scene. He like he wrangles a, a sick cow. And he's definitely going for kind of a his typical uh, the voice like this mixed with cowboy mixed with a little Native American. Yeah, he yeah. calls everybody girl. <sighs> Don't remind me. <laughs> so it's a new accent um he definitely seems to think it, i don't think the movie is actually chronically stating his native american but it does seem like he like i said he is more native american than real native americans because of course he is because of course he yeah. is because whatever he uh, is he's the best at it even stuff that he's not i think my yeah. only other note that i had was my quote if we want to do that or well, aaron what are your, do you have any other notes uh yeah um it's mostly from the end of the movie so i i had i had to like pause the movie and write this down because i want to write down my thought process uh when he goes down into the darpa lab and he starts doing science i says i have a note is is that just what you're calling it no he makes a darpa id to get into that lab okay i didn't pay that much attention to that um (laughs) i don't blame you that's going to be a common theme, I think, is like one of us will catch every, like mm-hmm. all of the details, between the three of us, we'll have all the details because we'll catch oh, yeah. different mm-hmm. things. But I have, I wrote down, we're doing science and you know it's really science because of all the beakers and test tubes. Um, <laughs> and then I had, I had this thought, I wrote down what I thought. Uh, Seagal only beat up like three people in this, but at least mm-hmm. he got to get preachy about Western medicine and then do a bunch of western medicine like at the beginning of the movie he was like talking to people about how western medicine sucks Mm -hmm. and how like the white man you know doesn't respect the land because the land can provide everything you need to heal you and then like the minute that a real disease comes in he like drops that immediately and starts like getting out the beakers and test tubes and he's like boiling (laughs) things and like decanting chemicals and stuff in a government laboratory uh and so i said he only be up like three people in this but at least he got to do get preachy about western medicine and then do a bunch of western medicine at least they're not curing this with magical indian flowers or something (laughs) and then they immediately cure it with magical indian flowers (laughs) oh oh the beans oh they got you i had to pause the the movie because i thought there's no way but the thing is like Again, it's like the expectations of this movie. Like, in any other movie, when the the main character, who's this doctor, the best in the field at the beginning, is like, no, you can't use Western medicine. You have to, you know, use the natural materials of the world. It would not be as surprising. Like, you would expect he's gonna maybe even, he'll try Western medicine, and then eventually he'll realize, oh, no, I need to use this other thing. Like, that's not even that weird for a movie. But, like, you're just so used to Seagal spouting off about random, like... I thought it was just seems like... Seems to think he knows the most about, that you... There's no assumption that it's going to factor in later in the movie. Because no. there's, like, 20 other things he said that don't matter. Yeah. It's like the shotgun spread, and then, like, one of those bullets happens. <laughs> one pellet actually happens to be relevant. Because, like, like, it was a throw... It was. It felt like a throwaway line from the very beginning of the, of the movie. Because it, that wasn't the theme throughout the film or anything. Like, that no. didn't... That came up at the very beginning and at the very end, and that's it. And even came up at the very beginning is just, he's a doctor and he says, like, you know, Western resident doesn't always work. But he's still, like... He's still prescribed. Like, he still sent that lady to the hospital 
and he's even using on the guy he's saying it to he uses like a medical cream on him like he's not using like a special fancy thing that he makes and like you know himself he doesn't use his like anti-rational guy so grandpa is like taking care of the little girl and they go out to his garden where he grows like medicinal flowers and stuff and they look at two flowers there's the red flower which they call red medicine which ends up being like the cure for this random you know government created laboratory grown disease and the other one he says what is this one called and she's like oh it's the purple whatever uh and he says what is it for and she says that's a secret and they like wink and laugh and then go back inside and then that's never mentioned <laughs> i mean definitely I thought it was gonna be the purple that. flower probably the hit day. by the editing curse <laughs> I honestly didn't even catch that. Because apparently uh, writing is important to me because I'm like waiting for the apparently. payoff on these things. And there right. are certain things that like when he starts to get preachy about how, you know, modern the modern world is bad or we're ruining the planet. I'm just like, oh, okay, he just does this every now and again. And I yeah. just like skipped it. So like I sometimes he literally just attaches a press conference to the end of his movie so he can do it for like <laughs> seven minutes. Uh, it was 11. Oh, sorry. I underestimated <laughs> You Eleven edited down to, to four. Get it was really still preachy too long. at the audience. Zach was just well, splitting I, the difference. Exactly. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about. Well, because I think we learned that it was originally going to be even longer. Like that was even after they trimmed it down. Yeah. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about is the weirdly high production value everywhere else, other than the writing. Yeah. For a direct video thing. So, the ordinarily we have a lot of like when we talk about the people on camera, like, oh, this actress, like, appears here and then ends up, like, actually doing, like, great, amazing things after this movie. There isn't nearly as much of that in this time. Like, there aren't any other really recognizable faces that you're going to see. Not that the people have done nothing, but... I was, like, I was, like, hunting. Silas... Silas Weir Mitchell? I'm I'm not not saying there's none. I'm saying it's less than usual. Okay, yeah. Yes, you fair. do have Silas Weir Mitchell. You probably know him from My Name is Earl. I mean, at least that's how I know him. I don't, is that actually the way most people know him? Um, I'm looking at his IMDb page. He says it's no, it, sa- it says he's known for Rat Race, The Whole Ten <laughs> Yards, Flags of Our Fathers, and he was in a bunch of episodes of Prison Break. This yeah. guy? Oh, actually, A bunch yeah, of stuff I never watched. Oh, he was in 123 episodes of Grimm. This guy, it definitely, so he's one of those guys, he appears in like one to like, six episodes of like every single television show you've seen yeah which we've seen before on on this very podcast yeah yeah and i'll also say lq jones um actually seems to be the opposite he was kind of much more prominent before this movie this is like later in his career but he was in a lot of westerns like he was a western actor and so i can it's kind of similar like they just had a bunch of country stars for the other one it seems like here it has got like western people for this movie that's kind of western but not really oh the guy who played floyd has been in some stuff yeah, LQ uh, Jones was Frank. Um, mm. So no, I'm not saying it doesn't happen at all, but it is like we've had multiple examples of this person is, like deserves and did better. This person deserves and did better. This time, the emphasis is behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. Are you, are you with me? Are you with me I on this? Think, have, I think I'm with. Have you. you done any of this research yet, or am I? I have not, me? because so, I just was so upset with the writing. This is <laughs> the only. There. This is the only Steven Seagal film to be directed by an Academy Award winner. Oh. You have an Oscar, and and here's the thing: not even just like, oh, he did this early career, and then like, this is post. This is he, the director Dean Semler had an Oscar in hand while he was on set directing this straight to video Steven Skull movie. Oh, I mean, Road Warrior, Dances with Wolves, a lot of great stuff. That's what got him the Oscar. He's primarily a cinematographer. 
He did. Yeah. He won his Oscar for cinematography. He worked on Mad Max Two and Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome as cinematographer. Generally, he's the cinematographer. He's the DP on like movies. Ooh, wait. This was yes. We we've come back to a movie that sits at the nexus of a lot of these people involved with Steven Seagal, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yes, he was, <laughs> he was the director of photography for the Super Mario Bros. <laughs> the Nexus. <laughs> yes, he was on the Super Mario Brothers movie, which we have discussed in like at least like three or four other episodes. <laughs> anyway, anywho, last action hero, Three Musketeers, Waterworld. Like he's done. Oh, Triple X, Bruce Almighty. He's been the cinematographer on a lot of decent to good movies and a lot of ones that you've seen. Oh my God, Paul Blart Mall Cop Two. <laughs> <laughs> he was I oh I did not know that. I did not see that earlier. So oh boy how the Oh boy to win your uh, award uh for dances Oof. with wolves and then uh to fall down to public Mark Two. Anyway, directed he by Kanye Click award. and Apocalypto in the same year. Dean Semler is an incredibly interesting man, we get it. Dean Semler, you're by far the most interesting person we've talked about thus far. <laughs> I believe this is his only um the Patriot is his only time directing. It seems like almost always he's, you know, cinematographer. The reason I, like, ended up, like, looking into this, the reason I discovered this is because while I was watching, like, there's one in particular, I will do the classic Hans thing. I will put the screenshot in the chat. Um, there's a scene when they're locking <laughs> up a lead Nazi Second Amendment dude, and they're putting him in the jail cell, and there's this one shot in particular that just stuck out where, like, he's, like, in his orange jumpsuit and in this, like, orange yeah. light. And just outside of the cell, it's just bathed in this blue light. And he's, like, looking at the guard, locking him up. And it's not, like, the most amazing shot I've ever put to film. But, like, while I'm watching, I'm like, why does that look as good as it does? Like, why does that stick out oh as, like, gosh. looking good? And it's the not like the is actually very good. It's I'm looking at the cinematographer good. here. Uh, yeah, makes sense. So that's why I was like, I need to look into this. So it very much, like, I think, like, what's happening is you have a person who's typically a cinematographer who's directing, but, like, he has a cinematographer's eye. Like, he knows how to work with his DP on this movie. Like, they get some really good-looking shots, like, and they're actually pretty well-suited. Like, for a Western, they get some really cool, like, landscape shots of, I don't actually know if it was filmed in Montana, but of that environment. Um, and he's working on this with uh, the cinematographer is Stephen, Stephen, Stephen Winden. Mostly, what he does now is he works with Justin Lin on the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. So this guy, and now this is one where this would be go. He would go on to do better things. Um, where he was on the Patriot, it wasn't his first movie, but it's eh, relatively early. It in seems his to be an inflection point. Yeah, because then pretty soon after, well, not pretty soon after that, this was in '98. It was in he the first one he did was Tokyo Drift in 2006. But he did other stuff that was pretty good. Like he worked with Jackie Chan on Tuxedo. Like he had done, he did. Things. Yeah, yeah. But he worked on the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. And then he does Fast Five, he does Fast and Furious Six, he does Furious Seven. He does like he just is now the cinematographer for the entire Fast and the Furious series from that point on. They're not my favorite movies. I don't love the Fast and the Furious movies, but like I imagine it takes a very skilled cinema- cinematographer to make action movies of that caliber. So this is one where I just all of a sudden like I'm fixated on that. Like we talked about, literally the writers do not want their name attached to it, but you actually have like legitimately a person who won an Oscar for cinematography directing within a person who would go on to be one of the most successful cinematographers in the industry. And it shows. It's, like, very strange. Like, this might be one of the best shot direct-to-video movies out there. And I'm, I'm looking a little bit more into, like, the, the background people. Like, the editor for this film, the head editor for this film, like, as, you know, directing editor is, like, hasn't worked on a ton of stuff that I think people would know. I, he actually worked on a few different Steven Seagal films. But as assistant editor, uh, he worked on Die Hard, Total Recall, 
Basic Instinct, Team America, World Police, Born Ultimatum, and Iron Man. So he's had his hands in since this movie. Like right. he's had his hands in a whole bunch of like very successful projects. Like he's been trusted not totally. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is uh, Derek Bretchen, but he's you know worked on some really high profile stuff. He wasn't like in charge of them, but he was right. has worked on some high, high profile stuff. Like he knows what he's doing. Is what I'm saying. Right. It makes sense because it seems like they originally wanted this to be like a wider theatrical release before it went direct to video. So they like got talent on board that you normally see in a theatrical release. For them, this direct oh. video thing. And so multiple times I'm watching, again, it's just like a terribly written script. It's like maybe the worst writing we've seen in this series so far. Not the series. Well, and the art director, to keep harping on this, uh, he was the art director for, uh, so this is Tim Eckel. He did this and then went immediately, well, a couple of years later to do CSI. And he's worked on, he's like been in background for the Super Mario Brothers movie, which keeps coming up. <laughs> Uh, and like the crow uh, and some like some movies that do have like a very unique style to them so like a lot of the people involved in the background here have been at least involved in very stylish movies it's it's worth pointing out because we're going to be at this point soon i mean this episode probably won't even release the afterwards but we do mean the live action super mario brothers movie with dennis hopper we do not mean the nation one that at the time of recording will be coming out very soon at the time of listening question mark have come out we are talking about the classic 1980s live-action Super Mario Brother movie. I think you could convince someone that it was a good movie that they didn't watch if you just showed them some screenshots and, like, a couple non-speaking scenes. Like, I think there's this shot uh, late, like, at the very end of the movie where, like, the the military is directed to start picking flowers. And yes. so you have these oh guys God, that's what I was talk about like in these hazmat suits, just lumbering over this hill. And then they have to like pick, like lean down and pick up these flowers. And it's kind of beautiful. And like, a, I, I was thinking of like a Miyazaki film. Like I would, I was watching this and I'm like the colors, uh, the lighting, there's a little bit of fog. Like it feels like a Miyazaki movie. I'm so excited that you like stole my thunder and brought this up first. Cause that was going to be like the two things that I remember. Like when you remember the writing of this movie, you just remember the bad things. Like when you, yeah. you know, I don't remember like that. I, the two things I remember most from this movie are that shot of the guy getting locked up where like the first initial, this is weirdly good happened. And then towards the end of the movie, they discover the cure. He calls the military and they're like, yeah, what is it? And he's like, oh, he's like, it's wildflowers. And they're like, wildflowers and just hard cut to like a like wildflowers on a hill and you see these dudes in the military gear like walking like they, they kind of come into frame over the hill and yeah they start picking the flowers and that like you said the shot itself and just the juxtaposition of that like wildflowers and then immediately cutting to dudes in like full body armor gas masks like picking yeah. flowers i was like this is like high art this like, is I'm art the, i this yeah moment i was here <laughs> in a terrible film this is legitimately capital a so art tm yeah, like it in Under, in a like different movie. Italicized. This still in a different movie. It still would have been a great scene. Like I was think I like I said I when I saw this that scene that one thirty second shot, I was thinking like oh this could work in a Miyazaki film if it were animated. Like this could have been a shot from like Close Encounters. Um, like it was really really done like the artistry was just poured into that one shot because there was no dialogue. It was just music, which I don't on it. I'm going to be honest. I don't really remember the music very much. Uh, I do remember thinking a couple of times, Oh, that was a nice little musical sting there, but I don't yeah. remember like the soundtrack or anything. Everything came together in this one moment 
There's this shining yes. example of filmmaking in the midst of this sea of just... No, I will say overall I'm not going to remember it as a good movie, but I'm weirdly going to remember the good... Like, there's more good parts. Like, there are actually two parts that legitimately I'm just like, oh, this is... Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's two more than you have in, like, any of these other movies starring <laughs> Steven Seagal. So that's worth something. I don't think it's worth sitting through the whole movie to see. No. Like, just watch those scenes. Um the funny part is both of those scenes don't have Steven Seagal in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. No, and I think when and when you're saying like you could like kind of convince a person this is a good movie with some like out of context like screenshots and scenes, those ones would not have Seagal in them. No, those would be Seagal free Seagal free moments that you're sharing. No, any scene where you have Seagal just like squinting at the camera, yeah. whispering about <laughs> how he's the best in the world at whatever is happening mm-hmm. in that moment, it's what? torture torture no i'm like rewatching it now this is actually like legitimately like this is legitimately great the scene of them coming over the hill and picking the flowers like i i wish what's, it wasn't what's uh as what's as the timestamp on that so if we tell someone to watch oh, it, like, yeah, time, yeah, go yeah. to exactly so this timestamp and then skip the rest of the movie so if you're gonna watch <laughs> the movie um you can legitimately just skip ahead to uh one hour 24 minutes and three seconds that's where it starts <laughs> off with the Colonel, I have, a, I have a phone call for you. That's not the accent he has. I don't know why I gave him that accent. <laughs> but it's great. Uh, the movie's bad. Uh, two out of five stars for me is what I gave it. These movies are always absurd in a weird way. This is absurd in like a weirdly pleasant way. Like when the military helicopters are going through, just like raining down the flower <laughs> petals and they like make a tea out of it. I'm also like weirdly, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's good, but I'm weirdly into it. Like, it is just for such a dumb movie <laughs> to end it in such a... Like, that's the best dumb way. How else would it end, you know? Right. You're just yeah. like, of course. <laughs> sure, yeah. why not? Sure. So we don't actually have to, like, dwell on the movie itself. Like, just... I don't know. I was weirdly positive at it. I wanted at the end. Overall, it's still not a great movie. I don't no. think I struggled with it as much as Hans. Um, It was very slow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was very slow. So, so slow. Only other thing that I could say about people in the movie, the actress that played Anne, Whitney Yellowrobe or Whitney Yellowrobe Yates, I guess, later on, uh, this is her only acting credit. She was actually pretty good. She did a she great was, job. She was actually very good. And even with Seagal being on screen at the same time as her. Oh, She also- was very good. And I, it, it would be such a shame if the reason that Ooh. she like didn't continue on with acting is because this movie was such a flop. I mean, yeah. I will say two kind of semi-related production fun little details. This was apparently just shot, a lot of this movie was shot on Stephen Skull's backyard ranch. I guess he has a ranch, and that's where this movie was shot. The other one is his, when at the beginning, when Seagal's like working and doing his small town, I'm just a small town doctor stuff. His assistant is played by his real life, one of his real life daughters, Ayako Fujitani. This is the only Wait, really? movie. This is the only movie she ever appears in alongside Seagal. But his like, uh, doctor, your next patient. Like she has like one line or something. That's his real yeah. daughter. I'm not certain. I think that's one that one of his daughters that he abandoned at some point. I want to say. Uh, oh yeah, it was this his first wife? Yeah, that he oh, no. just ditched to move to me. Hollywood. <laughs> oh, that's so awful. <laughs> yeah. 
And so this is the one movie um, that she would start in with Seagal in. Boy, I cannot blame her. I can't even say start in. Appear in for like one scene. <laughs> oh, that's so awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, do we want to... What are, what are our quotes from the movie? I, I can't even... I'm going to have to go with maybe just like The Cure's Drive from Flowers. Flowers? I like that one. The other one that sticks out in my head is very terrible. It's very bad. It's what you mentioned earlier, Hans. It's the everything bad you get from your tragically dead mom and everything good (laughs) you get from me. That's the quote I remember the most. You're unexplained, uh, by the way. They don't explain how she died or anything else about her other than all the bad stuff the daughter gets from him. He also says something like, hey, if you see any boys, no dating till you're 40. Ew, gross. Those are the two (laughs) Seagal quotes I remember the most. I honestly can't think of any quotes because like the only dialogue that i remember is from the very beginning when floyd is like quizzing the other sovereign citizens on like quotes from the founding fathers that that bit was pretty good though i got that that was pretty funny it gave me too much hope for the rest of the movie (laughs) (laughs) that's a good way to put it because i liked the idea in the writing that he wasn't like actually giving like it sounded like he was being right. like giving this big rousing speech to all the other you know military pseudo military guys but really they were just like killing time <laughs> like <laughs> quizzing each other my quote is when they're giving the shots to all of the people lined up at the hospital before the bad guys break in and start shooting everybody the old woman i don't remember her name but she had oh. been in a couple of the couple scenes prior and she sits down, and one of the doctors puts a needle in her arm to give her a shot. Just, oh, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. And she goes, watch it, son. I ain't no dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I do like the old lady. I do like that one. And that was so good. And that, that made me cackle quite a bit. It's like, watch it, son. Good, I ain't yeah. no dartboard. <laughs> and there were a few. You have a couple good, like, simple Western country folks with their folksy wisdom type quotes like that. It was very good. Um, but yeah. I'm that just... was a, a very short ray of sunshine in an otherwise dreary, rainy, nasty afternoon. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Oh, uh, what's our like two out of five for me? That's my rating. Oh. Uh, I don't even know. One. One. I think you do know Hans. I think it's one or lower. It's probably a one. I think I've been putting all of them at ones. They're all really? so <laughs> come on. They're all they're all so bad. I think one of them. One of them. I think I put it at half. <laughs> the rest were one. So like I needed, I needed to go down. I'd have to check. I don't remember. Hang on, because it's gonna get worse. Like honestly, this is again when we talk about adjusting our expectations for a Seagal movie. All of my rating. Uh, no, I didn't. I put it at one. They're one and a half is my lowest okay. so far. So I was going with two twos and then one and a half was the lowest so that i had room to go down that's the thing. all my <laughs> movies thus far are kind of unintentionally buoyed like perhaps a rating boost because i know they're going to get worse and i don't want to just have <laughs> every seagal movie at a half a star like i'm trying to be a little more discerning than that's yeah i did not give myself that room to wiggle okay but you okay Aaron, you hit the first movie and you hit the first movie hard and then everything else <laughs> has been uh, you went from three stars and then everything's been like one star since then yep we can't trust you have the chaotic, stupid rating <laughs> system for the small movies. We, we can't listen to that. Chaotic.
And I'm all prepared for next week. What you should do, Aaron, you should take that whatever extra time, whenever you would normally watch that Seagal movie, and Ooh. watch something good. We are 10 in. I think every 10, I can at least every 10, oh, I can give myself a, little... a <laughs> palate treat cleanser. Treat yourself to something decent. Yeah. Okay, I do. Actually, Aaron, I have a recommendation I want to give you. I Ooh. think Hans will agree. Academy Award snubby, snubbed Babylon. Okay. Oh, actually, abs- now that's a bit of a time commitment. I don't know yeah, that what is your schedule is like, like. Almost three hours long. Oh my but gosh. It was so good. Like, it's such a phenomenal movie, and it absolutely got snubbed. It, like, it, even, even when it first came out, it was overshadowed so much by Avatar, which is oh. so frustrating to me because Avatar sucked so hard, and Babylon was so good, and everybody gave it, like, it, it was. It's good, but it's weird. Okay, so because I can it's do weird, that. everybody hated it. I can do good, but weird. That's fine. It's it's so good. I've been doing it's bad and weird movie. And for the music, ten movies. Aaron. Oh, oh Aaron, you will appreciate oh, the, the music, music so much. Okay, cool. This is very good. I will warn you, especially like the opening scene, um, don't watch like with, you know, be discerning in who else is in the room while you watch. There are <laughs> perhaps salacious acts depicted on screen oh well if we're talking about um you know seagal movies the next one exit wounds i i mean i don't want to talk about it too much but also kind of be careful with who's in the room when you watch that one Um, oh yeah 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 but yeah you should if you want to watch a good movie and like so i'm like we're saying it's literally 189 minutes long like it's a Mm -hmm. doozy but it's worth it it's worth it i must stop recording Wait, yeah. Any uh, join us no. next? I don't. Do we? Do no, we're done. That's it. Oh. It's over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> that means one of us has to die. Don't mention it, brother.